0: Welcome to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks, shortcuts designed to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time. I'm your host, David Ubita. Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs starts right now. Welcome back to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks or shortcuts to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time. My name is David Ubita, and I'm your host. Hey, our next guest is a cliff diving jujitsu coffee connoisseur who just happens to be the CEO of First Responders Live. His name is James Corbett, and we'll dive into his story when we return.
1: So,
2: James, (laughs) thanks so much for joining us here on the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast. Uh, Once again, for our listeners, uh, we had some technical difficulties, and this is our second go-around with this uh, this conversation, with this interview, and I don't want any of our listeners to miss out on the content and, and your story. And uh, why don't we go ahead and get started, and if you would just take a few moments and talk about your background a bit, and then we'll jump into your company, your entrepreneurial journey, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So to start out, um, my story really begins, you know, in New Jersey, it's where I grew up. Uh, I went to school there, high school, and then I uh, actually went to college in New Jersey as well to Stockton, and then... I ended up in uh, New York at Columbia University for graduate school, and I studied underneath of uh, Professor Coleman, uh, Professor Peter Coleman, and he uh, was a very influential part of my life of where I ended up taking everything and and taking this risk to um, what I like to think of as trying to help society. Um, And what we talked about and what was the, uh, the topic of change for me was what's called intractable conflicts. Um, And 5% of all conflicts are intractable. And what that means is you'll never be able to truly find a resolution or actually have it end. Um, It'll just happen for probably the rest of time um, with with humans and society. Um, And one of the things that I found is that uh, there's an intractable conflict that I believe has never been really touched yet or really tried to address on a a major level. And that's the conflict between um, police and residents. Um, I think it's something that isn't just in the United States. I think it's across the United uh, across the world. Um so you know it's it's a huge opportunity that I think uh I would like to try to have a hand in.
2: So that's a very interesting explanation in terms of the conflict. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that? What your position is? What did your professor uh, say about that whole process? I mean he outlined that there's a situation. Were there any suggestions that he made to try to bridge the gap?
1: So uh, Professor Coleman didn't necessarily speak about the conflicts between police and residents Um, in particular. It's just that I studied criminal justice and business and marketing when I was an undergraduate, and I kind of connected to, um, and it was something where from learning about intractable conflicts and what an intractable conflict looks like, um, one of, I think, the major uh, intractable conflicts you can think about in today's world is uh, that of Palestinians and Israelis um, Mm -hmm. and the Arab world in general. And that's a a very direct uh, example. So, you know, when I, when I think about that, and I think about the relations of power, because that's what, uh, again, this is me speaking. um, But when I look at anything with intractable conflict, I always break it down to this, this struggle of power. And it seems like that, you know, citizens being in a democratic country uh, we do have a lot of say. And I feel as if, you know, when someone tells you, you know, hey, look, you're breaking a law, It, you know, it causes conflict, right? So um, I think that at a root level, that is uh, what is happening between um, residents and officers. Now, I think there's a lot of departments and great police officers out there. Um, and I think they're doing a lot of really good things. And that's why I want to help them. And I want to help spread that message with a With what I call First Responders Live, uh, the media company that we're and and product that we're building. So,
2: yeah, let's talk about that because I'm really intrigued about this this theory that you're that you were introduced to. Which it's it's always interesting because there's always every movie, for example, being a movie buff. There's always within the first three to five six minutes, what's known as the inciting incident. And it's that one incident where the whole movie just kind of unravels and tells a story based upon that one moment in time. So I see that the inciting incident for you was this conversation or this class that you had with uh, the the professor. And this is why I love education so much. As a former professor at at a university myself, I totally enjoy that whole dynamic. You you present a seed, you present a concept, and then your students run away with it. And so let's take a look at your, uh, your business, this business that was birthed, this solution that you're creating for this conflict.
1: Right. So what we're doing is we're developing a, a process. Now, our application isn't necessarily what's innovative. It's how it is used that's innovative. So we built a live streaming uh, mobile application Um, And we also built some live streaming, uh, you could say, tools uh, that we plan on selling to police departments. Um, Right now, uh, and it's also for, um, And just to back up real quick, we also have video management and text updates and and image updates that you can send through it as well. But that's not the bread and butter. So, at least in my eyes. So... um, what we're trying to do, and I would like to actually explain it with a story, right? So the sure. of the of the actual issue and what we're trying to solve, right? It's it's stigma and labels. So we're trying to break down stigmas, and we're trying to remove labels. And that label, and the best way to describe it is through a story that I recently just came up with called "The Pig and the Thug," right? So if you think about it, you know immediately when you hear the pig, you can think of the negative connotations to police officers. When you think of the thug, an image of an individual pops up with the guy with the hood and a ski mask, you know, somebody who's, you know, threatening looking to you. And the problem there is that it's not the individuals. That's the issue, right? It's, It's the stigma. It's the labels. So if we have a confrontation between two individuals and one of those individuals, say the thug says to the pig, hey, Officer Joe, and then Officer Joe is no longer a pig. It's literally a, this guy, Officer Joe. And Officer Joe is taken up like, "Oh, how do you how do you know me? Once like, ago oh, I see you live stream through First Responders Live. I see you give updates to residents and I see you take us for virtual ride-alongs and I, I enjoy it or whatever, whatever it may be. And you know that would change the script of the conversation. Now, it sounds like a crazy theory or like that's a nice pipe dream, but we actually have a test case. Um, and our test case is with, this great officer out of Logan, Ohio. Um, I'm from New Jersey still, but I was able to get in touch and get in contact with this police officer named Jason Gadrum, who's live streaming through Facebook. And he recently had an altercation, I'll say a few months ago now, and I wrote a blog post about it on firstresponderslive.com. And Jason arrested someone and the guy said, I was thinking of running, but I didn't because I know you. And he knew him through the live streaming. That to me, is incredibly powerful. And that's something that, you know, again, the the, the, and the thug, the story where it ends up with the thug saying to, you know, the officer, hey, Officer Joe, or even in his head thinking, oh, this is Officer Joe, I know this guy. It calms the whole thing down because they know each other. There's familiarity. There's not a stigma. There's not a label. It's just another guy doing his job. So yeah. that's the summary of like what we're trying to do of the product and of what we're trying to do.
2: So as the the creator of this product, um, what would you like to see happen as a result of the product?
1: That's a great question. So that's actually a question that leads into data. Um, Eventually I would like to, uh, you know, and I have partnered up with. Uh, I actually have a great mentor, and you, you interviewed him, uh, Justin in Salaco, uh, in yeah. Salaco, and um, he he is uh, he's been a, a great help throughout this whole thing. And he recently had this epiphany moment where everything about our product just clicked for him, and he was like, "This is absolutely a phenomenal idea, and you really are going to help make a change," because the guy yeah. can see how it works now. Um, and I think it was, it's interesting because I think it was almost after the phone call he had with you that he called me, um, where he was talking about the biggest issue that he thinks with uh, all police officers across the country, maybe even the world he mentioned, I'm not sure, but he said the biggest issue is that of the confrontation between people and that not knowing each other, right? So there's no familiarity there. Um, and I think that that is the largest issue, right? So. The data that we're going to try to collect and what we see coming out of this is that officers from any department um, around the country will be able to get in touch with most of the citizens in their town at one clip, right? They can literally uh, go live and if we are able to effectively market this, um, you know, we'll be able to push it out to all of the citizens or most of the citizens, people that sign up with our service um, in the town will get to see that officer giving an update or get a weekly update or a monthly update from the chief of police on the state of the community address, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, the, they'll be able to also get innovation from us and we'll be able to, you know, the police department will be able to get ideas from us on how to communicate. And then we would like to offer them data where they can keep track of, you know, how many people are tuning in, how many people are talking. You know, the officers will be able to eventually keep track of the different events they've gone to, the people they interacted with at those events. You know, it's something that they can do passively, right? Just quickly, just in the phone, upload it, um, and then show the community, you know, how the community – show progress on, like, a chart of interaction, right? And how often the officers are out there coaching kids or being mentors, uh, whatever it may be. And we think we can keep track of all that stuff, and I think that people will care about it because – they do it's you know data is becoming one of the most important if not it is the most important tool and uh, piece of information at your at your fingertips so
2: yeah I agree 100% so this tool isn't just for capturing you know thugs getting arrested it's more not at it's, all it, it's more a software to help connect the dots and reduce the gap between relationships. Uh, within law enforcement and the community.
1: Exactly. So I, I am not trying to, and I will never claim to end violence or, or all conflicts between officers and residents. I will never claim to be able to do that because that's just not true, right? That's not going to happen. That's a, a sad to say, but it's not. But um, what I am trying to do is focus on this part of law enforcement that I feel is not focused on uh, a lot, right? And, and they are, and they're beginning to. I think that a lot of departments are beginning to, um, you know, increase their efforts around community policing and, and getting to know people and getting to know the residents in more unique ways. And I think that with our way, it saves them time. And it will actually save them potentially even money and even lives in the long run because, you know, right now they have to put out a lot of effort to start different, you know, events and things and they're not leveraging what they do every day. They're not leveraging, you know, what people actually are interested in, right? When the officer's out on the road and the officer can give a quick update and just go live for 15 seconds even, and say, hey, look, there was an event that just happened, whatever it may be, like, you know, uh, there's a car crash that just occurred here. Uh, we took care of it. The scene is cleaned up, uh, and we're, we're good to go. And, you know, and maybe they could have scheduled ride-along days where an officer goes out and takes people on a nightly ride-along or a daily ride-along, whatever it may be, where they can answer questions and have another officer in the car with them and interact with people that way. So it isn't about solving crimes. It's about building relationships 100%. It's something that, again, I, I feel like no one's really focused on, and I'm trying to focus in on it.
2: Powerful, powerful. So let's talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. And you've got this product. You've got this idea uh, that you, you guys are, are cultivating. And, and I believe you guys have launched already, or, or you, are you guys testing
1: it already? Yeah, we're actually uh, working with Camden County Police Department um, and, you know, they're using it right now to create their videos and everything like that. It's a very early stage. Um, they're, they're, they're getting to know me and I'm getting to know them. Um, I think they are beginning to see a lot of value uh, from us because actually the lieutenant, Lieutenant James, uh, just actually mentioned to, I think it was the Department of Corrections, uh, I think it was the um, the warden that he mentioned our product to them. Uh, so, that, I mean, that was pretty cool of him to do that for us. So, um, you know, he's he he's helping us. He's he's available for questions, and I can go in and talk to him and set up a day to do so whenever I whenever I feel and I have his cell phone number. I can text him. Um, so it's really great. Uh, and we're actually developing a tool right now. Uh, it's a live streaming tool. Where they can take pre-recorded videos. Um, let's say body camera footage. If they have to do a release of a body of body camera footage they will be able to live stream that body cam, that pre-recorded, I have to make that really clear, pre-recorded video. They can set a schedule, a date for when it will be released on Facebook and YouTube. Um, And then they can answer questions when people are commenting instead of, you know, having it just be shared all over and they can't have any say in anything at all. Now they can actually have a conversation with people as questions come in. Um, And we'll be able to pull all the comments for them so that they can have a conversation with residents about whatever the situation was. Um, so it's not live streaming the body camera footage live as it's happening. It's taking the pre-recorded MP4 file and releasing it through the live streaming uh, functions on Facebook and YouTube.
2: Got it. Got it. So you're already uh, connecting to existing platforms uh, are, such as Facebook.
1: Yes, 100%. Yep.
2: So as far as uh... – Being a business owner, as far as being an entrepreneur, what has been some of the most challenging, well, what is the most challenging thing you've had to face as you are introducing this new product and uh, this new solution into the marketplace? I know that we have several entrepreneurs, if not nine out of 10 listeners are entrepreneurs on this podcast. And, you know, we're always faced with something. I mean, we're always putting out some, some type of a fire. Um, and sometimes we even feel like giving up. Uh, what What's been your experience, man? Share a little bit about one thing, uh, one obstacle that you faced, and how did you get past it? How were you staying motivated?
1: So, this whole process has been very difficult. So, um, but I've al- I also love it, and I've learned to really love it. Um, and I, I I actually said it the other day. I think it was only a couple days ago. Uh, I, I really, see, I love strategy. And I said to my friend, I was like, I think that's why I'm so obsessed with what I'm doing because it's selling to government officials and government agencies. There's so many laws and things that I have to, and, and procedures I have to get around to make this work that the challenge is, and the, I guess the hardship and the almost internal uh, pain that you feel from doing this of failure, I'm obsessed with. Um, and I, I keep pushing with it. And there's actually a, a book that I read that I think was very influential as well, not just Peter Coleman, but there's a book as well that I read um, called uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Victor E. Frankel. It's a phenomenal book. It's basically about hope and logotherapy, which is about taking every negative situation that happens, there's a positive within it. 100% there's a positive. Um, and I think that sometimes in entrepreneurship, you lose hope, of you, you begin to lose hope, or you lose sight of the all of this negatives happening, but you're losing sight of the positives within the negatives. And I think if you continue to lose sight of that, uh, if you don't have someone there to remind you, uh, it can be very difficult to push through that, that mental barrier. And I actually had a situation like that happen where, and I, I think I said on the first recording, I, 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 am almost reluctant to say it, but at the same time, vulnerability means, you know, further progression. So I cried my eyes out. I was broken. At one point, it was uh, earlier this year, and um, I, I felt like I wasn't making any progress. I felt like I was putting my team through a lot of stuff that they didn't deserve to go through and that, you know, I wasn't making enough progress for them. And my my girlfriend, very close to me, who hopefully one day I will call her more than just girlfriend, but, um, you, go, you know, she, jump, yeah, yeah, jump that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> She, she said to me, she's like, look, you have come so far. You have done so much. You put together a team with no money. You got a product built with nothing but just drive and finding the right people to find your passion real. She's like, you did so much here that most people would have stopped years ago. She's like, it's not, you can't quit now. And I was like, you're right. I can't and I won't. Um, and that's the other thing too, is I feel like I purposely put myself in positions and surrounded myself with people that would constantly remind me of, you cannot quit. You must do this. You must try. Um, so it's, it's been, uh, I think it's more than just me that's been able to push this thing through. So whenever you think about entrepreneurship, I think about everyone else that's a part of it with me, like a Justin and Salico, right? Like he's becoming a very important person in my life. Um, that guy is, he's incredible. He's awesome. He's an inspiration for sure. Um, okay. you know, he's, he's a, he's a really good person. He really does genuinely care. Um, and it's, and it's cool. And he he's, he's available for questions and he's available to tell me if he thinks something's stupid or, or not, you know, and I love that. Um, I don't, I actually, I like to say all the time, I don't do well with, uh, you know, the when people are leaving question marks or, or being uh, not direct, if they're being subtle, uh, I, I don't do well with that. So the, I like a communication where it's very direct, very clear. Um, and if it's sometime like, Hey, that literally makes no sense. Don't do that. I'm like, okay, cool. Why? They explain it. And then I'm done. It's like, all right, great. I won't do that. So it's also listening, right. And listening to your mentors and I, and just never losing hope is really the end of it. Um, you know, and I. I really believe that you should never lose that hope. So, And it's also, um, to answer another part of your question, um, it's not just you, right? So I, I think I just said that, but what I mean by that is you're not building a business just for yourself or the money. Like for me, if I was doing this just for the money, I would have stopped literally years ago, literally. Um, and But it's not because I feel like there's a real issue and a really big problem where people's lives are being lost and communication isn't effective in communities, and it's because of anger and because of – and I don't mean this in a negative way because I think it's necessary to democracy and to running a, a, a healthy democracy. But the media sometimes can be a little um, – they cause those stigmas and labels sometimes, uh, whether on purpose or not. And, again, I think that media is needed, and it's, uh, I don't think people should continue this complete attack on the media. but. Um, there's definitely some things where there's flaws because it's a man ran uh, uh, business, right? I mean, whenever man is involved in anything, it's not perfect. Um, So, but anyway, um, it's not just you building a business for yourself or money. It's to provide jobs and provide opportunities for other people too. So I think about that all the time as well. So um, I hope that answers your question in, in full.
2: Yeah, that's powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. I, I think one of the biggest challenges that I have encountered working with small business owners, uh, entrepreneurs like yourself, are, since we, you know, it's a digital marketing firm and, and we coach them, that kind of thing, has been the Lone Ranger mentality. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 this is a funny story. I was at, this past weekend, I was at a, a pool party slash volleyball pool party. And we played way too many games. Uh, got it was just a long day. But I met this uh, uh, entrepreneur there, and she was so proud of her website and telling me that that um, you know what she did, etc. And I love that enthusiasm from small business owners. But she was a one-man operation or one woman operation in this case, and she felt like she was doing well. And I took a look at some of her digital marketing uh, tools, etc. She was due for a rebrand. But more importantly was just the understanding that you can accomplish more with a team, recognizing what your lane is and then surrounding yourself with people who uh, can really complement what you're doing and then building out from there. Even in, in our own digital marketing company, we have a team of seven now. So we are moving this our you know digital marketing company forward and getting bigger and 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 meeting the needs of more clients and those kinds of things. But I could not do that on my own. So I wanted to commend you because most people are not coachable enough. Most people are are, are not secure enough uh, in their own vision, uh, in their own you know capabilities, and they won't seek out help and surround themselves with people that can really, really help them move forward and really accelerate their growth. So I just wanted to acknowledge you uh, for doing that. Uh, you should be really proud.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, do, I appreciate that a lot, uh, actually. Um, it's, it is something that I, I feel like I've read over and over and over again, so I wasn't going to, you know, try to ignore it. I, I think it's there, – there's a reason why people say it all the time, you know, Um, you know, especially these successful entrepreneurs and successful businessmen who say, you know, it's who you surround yourself with. So, you know, there's obviously some type of logic to it. So um, I think it does, and I think, I I hope it does, I should say, you know, pay off eventually, so.
2: I would honestly think that that piece of advice right there would be the life hack for this program, for this episode, because so – I can't describe to you how, I mean, it's got to be almost nine out of 10 of the small business owners that I meet are just so holding on, you know, to, to try to do things on their own. And it it reminds me of the the circus picture of that guy uh, spinning all those plates at one time, trying to keep them all afloat. I'm like, that's exhausting. (laughs) What are you doing?
1: Yeah, it is. it is. (laughs)
2: It's madness. I'm like, why would you try to do all of this on your own, especially when there are people and, – and, and don't get me wrong, man. I have been burnt before uh, with people that I've hired or partnered with. I, I Believe me, I totally get it. But at the same time, you get to a place where you refine the process of discovering who you would like to work with.
1: Yeah, could I actually um, chime in on that? Because I was thinking yeah. in my head – Please. Um, I, I, I am very demanding of who is going to be my mentor or who I am going to work with. If I don't get along with someone, I don't care how smart they are, I don't want to be around them or take their advice. I have to respect the person and where they have been from and where they've come from, I should say. Um, and I don't know if that's a flaw, but I personally – I don't think it is. I think that the fact that I demand more from a person I'm going to take advice from, I I think that that's me guarding truly, you know, where my knowledge is coming from. And I think that everyone should be that stringent on who they're listening to. Um, Because sometimes you could have that wolf in sheep's clothes, I guess is what it is, right? I mean, that... That makes sense, I think, even with mentors and with, with people that you are doing business with. Um, a friend of mine was telling me about how he got burned by an ex-business partner. And, you know, he wished he never got involved with the guy. And he kind of had warning signs, but he just ignored it. And, and to me, it, my gut, I, I have to listen to it. And my my and I and if my gut's telling me I don't like this person, even though they have a great smile or they that everybody seems to like them. I will stay away because I I just I have to re- fully respect who I'm listening to. So I just that's a very personal. I'm projecting my own I guess emotions and thoughts, but I I feel like I had to share that. So
2: yeah, I agree 100%. The two mentors I have in my life right now are people that. I aspire to be like, right? And I respect what they say. Uh, They will tell they will tell it to, they'll give it to me straight without any, you know, sugarcoating, which I don't like. Just
1: tell me, me give it (laughs) to me
2: straight. Right. Right. And saves time too. Yeah. And, you know, for those of us who are, who are interested in going to that next level, we understand very clearly that without the proper guidance to help us get there, it, it, I mean, why in the world would I want to take, you know, two years to get somewhere when with a mentor I can get there maybe in three months? Right. Makes no sense. Why do that? Why go through that? But I, I it was me at one time. I mean, I've got to, you know, be, you know, transparent here. But when I first started my business, I was that guy did all the website design, I did all this. I had no clue, but I thought, well, maybe that's the way to go. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm saving money. I'm going to hold on to those $5. I'm going to hold on to those $5. And it's like, listen, by me holding on to those $5, it will never be anything more. Right. But if I put it in the ground and I, I sow it and, and I get a mentor, then I know quantum business tells me with every action there is a equal or greater reaction something's going to happen and you know happens
1: oh, right and you know what's interesting to speak to the mentor I have to bring up Justin again yes. so I have a meeting I actually have a follow-up meeting with the Attorney General of New Jersey and the first meeting never would have happened as fast as it did without Justin I firmly believe that um he, he went out of his way. I put up a LinkedIn cause I actually was, so I was speaking to Kansas County about the idea of like live streaming directly from the vehicle. And they, they were like, and of course, this is something I expected and this is not a negative. Again, I want to make that very clear, but they sat back and they're like, Oh wow, that is super innovative. Um, you're probably gonna have to talk to the attorney general about that. So I literally like stared into his eyes and I was like, Challenge accepted. No, I didn't do that, but in my head, I was thinking challenge accepted. Um, so I put up a post on LinkedIn. I said, "Does anybody have any direct connection with the Attorney General?" And I didn't even—I th- don't even know why I didn't think of it, but I put it up. Justin commented, "He's like, email me." <laughs> so I emailed him, uh, and we jumped on uh, a call. He's like, "I'm gonna—I'm gonna make this happen." He's like, I'm gonna help you out. I was like, G- "Great, okay, thank you." Um, and he made it happen. I mean, he made the first introduction happen. So, um, and we have a, again, we have a follow-up call. I mean, a follow-up call to me when it comes to government and especially at the at the office of the attorney general, how busy they are. I think that's huge. So, I'm I'm very excited about it, and hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm going into this thing. I don't know anything. I've, I've read. I mean, I I've, I've read about things when it comes to dealing with the government, but how do I know what's actually going to happen or what's actually going to be talked about? So um, I'm blind going into this, but, you know, I guess that's the point of entrepreneurship too is just taking a leap, you know, just taking the the meeting and just going. Can
2: Can I coach you for a moment?
1: Please, yeah.
2: Okay, so first and foremost, when opportunities like this come our way, believe it or not, we are prepared for it. Although we may not think we are, but we are. So the shift that has to take place for, for an opportunity like this is not, I'm going in blind. No, you, we never do that. The shift right. that takes place is, is we're going into this meeting to, to bring value, to add value to the conversation. So I, I, I'm going to encourage you and invite you to make that shift.
1: That's because awesome. if you
2: go in as someone that's going blind, then what's the point of going?
1: I'm gonna go dressed up like um, oh man, I forgot his name, the blind singer. He's 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 great. I forget his name. Ray oh, Charles? I'm sorry, Ray Charles. I'm gonna go in as Ray Charles. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm just go kidding. Good. <laughs>
2: yeah. What you want to go in as is the professional, the expert that you are. Yeah. If you go in, and I'm a, listen, I'm going to take it up a notch here.
1: Yes, if please. If you
2: go in with the mentality, I'm going to go in blind, you're going to not only embarrass yourself, but you're going to embarrass Justin. Yeah. However, and honestly, nothing won't happen. It'll just be another, you know, waste of time. To, let's be honest. Yeah. However, you go in with the shift in mind, hey, I'm the expert. This is... This is what I have been working towards all my life. I'm coming in to add value. What does that mean? Does that mean that we grab the microphone away from them?
1: Right, right, right.
2: <laughs> and say, cut the music, right? No. <laughs> no. And pull a Rick Rude from, you know, WWF or WWE. No. <laughs> we're
1: gonna, <Sure. laughs>
2: what we're going to do is say, we're going to go in ready to ask specific questions. You're going to go in prepared because you know the problem and you understand the benefit that this solution, that this software can do for a community bridging the gap. Beautiful. Which would have tremendous benefits, like the reduction of violence and, and you know the increase in community activism. I mean, there's so many different things that you can include and prepare. So when you go in and see... Uh, who is it that you're going to see again? The superintendent? What?
1: So it's uh, the attorney general of New Jersey.
2: Yeah. So it's not, you know, the secretary. His office. You know, <laughs> of of office match, right? No, this is this is the attorney general, who yeah. doesn't take appointments just to take appointments. Right. Because they've got nothing else to do. So as I wrap up this little coaching, this mini impromptu coaching session. Uh, James, all I can encourage you to do is remember who you are becoming. You're becoming the expert, someone with a viable solution, and you want to add value. You want to serve your community. This is how you can do it. You go in that way, never meeting this person before. And and let's just go ahead and take it up another notch. You might be shitting in your pants. (laughs) Like holy shit! What am I going to do? Right? Yeah, yeah. Afraid, knees knocking, do it. Afraid, and go in there and recognize that this opportunity, you are ready for.
1: Yes, sir. I love it. I love I it. You're right.
2: Soapbox out.
1: <laughs> What's that? No, yeah, I love it though. I mean, you're you're right. I have to go in there and trust in the knowledge and. And the, even the case studies that we have, I mean, like, trust in all of it. Trust the process, right?
2: You are ready, my friend.
1: Cool. Thank you for that. I appreciate it a lot.
2: My pleasure. Well, James, I, I did not plan that, but I'm glad that we had a chance to, to, to chat about, about the, where you've been, where you are, where you're headed. I Please let me know how your meeting with the uh, attorney general went. And again, I want to thank you for being a guest and spending time with us here on Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs.
0: Hey, thank you for listening to the Life Hacks for Entrepreneurs podcast, where we share practical life hacks to shape your best life and business in the least amount of time. My name is David Ubeda, I'm your host, and I've loved every minute of sharing this episode with you. Hey, listen, if you'd like to be considered as a guest for future episodes, make sure to email our team at podcast at and we would love to hear from you. Make sure to visit our Facebook page at Lifehacks for Entrepreneurs Podcast right now and share your thoughts about the best episode you've heard thus far. And make sure to share this episode with someone else. This would also inspire. Until next time, continue to grind, grow, and give.